Hi, I'm Mike, lead pastor at The Ridge, and this is our weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our desire is for you to grow in relationship with God, connect with others, and to experience God's purpose for life by adding value to the life of another. I hope that this message will build your faith and encourage you as we seek to grow together in God's Word. Enjoy today's message. Every moment of every day, rivals compete for our allegiance. Who do you choose? Like this. McDonald's or Burger King? If these were the last two restaurants on the planet, which would you choose? Hands up for McDonald's. Okay. Hands up for Burger King. Burger King gets my vote. Here's why. (laughs) Not loving it. At least their mascot doesn't scare little kids. How about peanut butter? Two rival brands. There's Jif and there's Skippy. Hands up for Jif. Okay. Hands up for Skippy. About even. How many people buy whichever one's on sale? (laughs) That works too. See, I used to be a GIF guy, but I switched brands. I changed my allegiance. The Bible uses a different word for that. The word the Bible uses for that is conversion. Acts chapter 15, verse 3, As they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad. Conversion, this word, it is found all over the book of Acts. Maybe you're thinking, well, what does it mean? Well, it's the same concept as this. It's switching allegiance. It's changing teams. Only in the Bible, it's not from Jif to Skippy. It was from secularism or polytheism or Judaism to Jesus. Well, conversion happens here in the book of Acts. How? How does that happen? If you're a follower of Jesus, look back at your life and ask, how did that happen for me? Or maybe you know somebody who's not following Jesus and you think, well, how could it happen for them? We're teaching through the biblical book of Acts. Today we get to chapter 16. Here's what's in Acts chapter 16. Four people who all experience conversion, but interesting, each experiences it in a different way. So uh, let's unpack these ways. Here's the first one. It's this. It's resistant. Acts 16 begins with this. Verse 1, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra. Paul, he's the guy who's traveling from city to city, telling people about Jesus. He hadn't always been doing that. If you're not familiar with the Bible, you may not know in the first part of Acts, Paul, he wasn't a Jesus follower. He was a Jesus hater. He resisted Jesus so much that he got permission from the government to arrest and execute anyone who claimed to be following Jesus. Until Acts chapter 9, Paul experienced this. And as I read it, know this, that Paul, in the first part of the book of Acts, he's referred to as Saul. Chapter 9, verse 3, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, 
Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. That, that'll change anyone who's resistant. I mean, Paul, think about it. Jesus showed up. He saw the resurrected Jesus, saw him in his glory, and it was blinding. Paul couldn't deny him. Paul couldn't reject him. Paul's only, only option in that moment was to, well, to follow him. That, that's what you call a conversion. Here's why this is good news for people like you and me. Do you know anyone who is resistant to Jesus? What we see, maybe someone in your life, a wayward son or a wayward daughter. Maybe it's a mom or a dad or a neighbor or a co-worker or a classmate. They aren't interested in Jesus at all. And for you, it, it hurts inside because you want them to have what you've got. You know it's good and you want them to be able to experience that. Well, sometimes it, it can be hard to know what to do. I have people like this in my life. And there are times when I feel like, man... Don't even bother. Their mind is so closed. Their heart is so hard. It's never going to happen. I can lose hope. I can give up. Paul, story of Paul reminds us God, he can. If God can convert a Jesus hater like Paul, he can reveal himself to your child or to your friend or to your family member or maybe it's to you. Don't don't give up hope. Don't stop asking. Do you have someone in your life like this? Somebody who's resistant. Somebody who is in a dark place and isn't open to the Lord. Who's in your mind right now? Let's do this. Let's take a moment and lift our prayers to God. Join me. Father, there are are people that we care about who are far from you. We read about Saul becoming Paul and we think of people in our lives. And we don't want to twist their arms and we don't want to control their behavior. But boy, we... We want them to experience you, your goodness, your love, your grace. Whatever their name is, just lift their name. Share it with God right right now. And Holy Spirit, we recognize we need you. They need you to move in their life, to warm their heart. We ask that you would break what needs to be broken, that you would heal what needs to be healed, that you would work in a way that creates a desire for this people we care about to know and love and worship you. Our prayer is in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Acts chapter 16. Four people who all convert and become followers of Jesus. Here's the first. It's resistant. That's Paul. Well, here's the second. Readied. You know, I, I love the story of Paul. It's an amazing story, but that's not how it happened with me. 
I never got a voice. I never got a vision. You know, I never saw a light. I never had one uh, magical moment. I never had one dramatic, life-changing event. Sometimes I think, man, my, my Jesus story is kind of boring. Well, I think, I think that's okay. That kind of story, that's this one. Readied. Chapter 16, verse 1. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was, a Jew, was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. Timothy's mom, Eunice, had been teaching Timothy about God his entire life. He was prepared, he was readied by his mom to recognize and to receive Jesus. Well, let me tell you how I first met Jesus. For me, it started, what well, started here. Man, I think I had more hair back then than I do now. But I was born into a family of Jesus followers. And before I had a clue, they made some promises. My parents, they promised to teach me about God and to show me the ways of Jesus. And they did. And they didn't do that alone. They were actively involved in a local church. That, it was a top priority. They brought me nearly every week, the weeks I wanted to and the weeks that I didn't want to. I heard and I saw and I witnessed and I learned Jesus was important to them and Jesus, well, he became important to me. I came to a point in life where I said, well, I'm going to trust and I'm going to follow this Jesus. See, God articulates that plan this way. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting with verse 6. He said, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You know, as a parent, it's easy to just default to what everyone in the culture around us is doing. It's easy to default to say, well, I'm just going to measure my success of my kids based on our highest cultural values. You know, what skills they develop, what team they get on, what awards they achieve, what college they attend, what career they pursue. But a passage like this, God is calling us to, to pause and to ask and to reflect, are those really my highest goals? Are those really my, my greatest hope? Would I be pleased if my kid became, you know, got a full-ride scholarship to a prestigious school but didn't follow Jesus? Would I be pleased if my kid became an all-state athlete but didn't follow Jesus? I would not. Would they, would they be fulfilled? What if, what if our goals are different? What if the greatest desire of their heart was to follow Jesus? What if they learned how to open the Bible and to be able to hear from God so that he could lead them and guide them every day of their life? 
What if they were to discover that purpose and meaning in life is found by living the way that Jesus lived, by serving, by adding value to the life of others? You know, parents and grandparents and future parents, would that change anything for you? How? What? Acts chapter 16, we got four people who experienced conversions all in different ways. Paul was resistant. Timothy was readied. And then we get this one, renegade. Acts chapter 16 continues to tell the story of a fortune-telling slave girl who was possessed by a demon. She was disturbing Paul until Paul did this. Verse 18. He turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Now the passage doesn't state this, but many, including myself, believe that she became a follower of Jesus and joined the church at Philippi. Anybody, when you hear this story and you read this, anyone thinking, Wow, that's spot on. That story, that's my story. That's me. You know, I, I, I'm a fortune-telling, demon-possessed person. Is that your story? <laughs> Probably not. But renegade is more, it applies to more than just demon-possessed fortune-tellers. This one, this is for anyone who has been found by Jesus in some rather dark places. If this is your story, you know where you've been. Maybe you were drinking or cutting or lusting. Maybe you've been abused or manipulated or taken advantage of. Maybe Jesus found you in the middle of of darkness or depression or an addiction. I mean, when you sing, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, you get it. You understand. You know grace. Chapter 16 continues. Verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. Now purple, that was a big deal back then. When you think purple, think Gucci, right? Think expensive, high-end clothing. See, because purple dye, it had to be extracted from a murex shellfish. Here's what they had to do. Not just one shellfish. It took 8,000 of these shellfish to produce one gram of dye, of purple dye. So you can imagine. I mean, Lydia, suffice it to say, she was in the high-end clothing market. Verse 14. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. I find that part really interesting. She was a worshiper of God. You know, of all the people in the city of Philippi, why did Paul go to her? I mean, there were a lot of people in the city of Philippi probably weren't worshiping God. Why did he choose her? Why did he go to her? Did she, she was worshiping God. Did she need to be converted? 
She, she wasn't resistant. And she wasn't a renegade. Here's what she was. Here's what God's showing us with, with her life. She was religious. She was already religious. But wasn't converted to following Jesus. Some of you, you grew up in church. And so you know, you know liturgies and you know services and you know hymns. You know that pew isn't just a bad smell. It is an old, uncomfortable church bench. If you know these kind of things, then maybe you can relate to Lydia. Lydia, she knew that kind of thing. She was a worshiper of God. God is showing us in her life, apparently, it's not enough to be religious. She was already there. She was already doing that. Going to church, not the same thing as having a relationship with God. Singing songs, not the same thing as having a relationship with God. Having an intellectual belief in the existence of God, not the same thing as having a relationship with God. This is a a really important aspect of the Christian faith. So I want to get really clear with you on this one. Let me do that this way. How many people are going to be rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs a little later today? Yeah. Me too. I'm in that group. If you are a Philadelphia Eagle fan, I'll say this. God still loves you. But I hope you have a really bad day today. You know, the reason the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, it's Patrick Mahomes. They wouldn't be there without him. He is a great quarterback. And I'll tell you, I have watched him play. I have been awed by him. There are some things I've been amazed by him, but I've never met him. We have zero relationship. I'll say this, I I could tell you about him. I could tell you some things about him. I could tell you some information about him. I could tell you about some of the amazing things that he's done, but, but we have zero relationship. So, How about you? How about your relationship with God? Is it any different than that? I encourage you. I think that this is in the Bible. Paul goes and converts a religious person because that can relate with a lot of us. Do a little reflection. Is your relationship with God different than your relationship with some kind of celebrity? Maybe you can tell me about the cross. That's great. That's wonderful. Maybe you can tell me about the Bible and you know your way around it. That's great. That's wonderful. Maybe you know some theology. Maybe, you know, you can recite the Lord's Prayer. Wonderful. But do you have a relationship with God? Say, well, well, how? Have you ever had that gnawing feeling, that thought in you, that that thought that says, I'm just not good enough. That, that's where a relationship with God begins. It begins by recognizing, man, I'm not good enough. I can't, I can't do all of this and I won't be able to do all of this. I need God. Need. I need what Jesus did. 
I need what Jesus did to forgive me. I need what Jesus did to restore me. I need what Jesus did to fill me, to make me whole, to give me strength. I need that. See, when we do that, when we say, I'm in, I'm going to follow this Jesus, the promise of God is that he's not going to be, you know, in a galaxy far, far away. He's going to be up close and personal. Through the Holy Spirit, God says, I will take up residence right in you. If you've done that, if you're a follower of Jesus, recognize the amazing gift that God has given you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Whatever it is that you're facing in life today, lean into Him. Listen for Him. Follow Him. And if you haven't done that, Maybe you know some things about God, but, you know, it's out there and it's a head thing and it's not a personal relationship thing. You can change that. You don't have to raise a hand. You don't have to come up to the front. Just wherever you are, just tell him. Say, you know, I, Jesus, I don't want religion. I want Jesus. Jesus, I accept what you did on the cross for me. I'm going to put my trust in and I'm going to follow you. I need you. I want you. Well, Acts chapter 16. One passage, four conversions, and none of them happen the same way. God's showing us God can save the resistant, and God can save the readied, and God can save the renegades. God can save the religious. All four of these, they happen in a different way, but they have one thing in common. It's this. You know why I changed allegiances? You know why I converted? It wasn't because of a sales pitch. It wasn't because of an endorsement. It was because I met a person. Her name is Sarah. My wife preferred Skippy. That'll do it. See this? That's what's going on in here. Not a single one of them, all different stories, not a single one of them converted because of an airtight argument. Not a single one of them converted because of, of a great sermon. Not a single one of them converted because someone had that perfect Bible verse. Well, they all converted because they met someone. Jesus. And God is showing you can have a relationship with Him. And a relationship with God works like any other relationship. Let me close with the words of Jesus. He shows us how we can have and live in relationship day after day with Him. John chapter 10. Jesus said, The sheep listen to His voice. He calls His own sheep by name, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow them. Read the rest of this with me. Because they know his voice. Because they know his voice. You can learn to hear the voice of God. You can learn to recognize the voice of God. You can have a relationship with him. A relationship with God is like any other relationship. The more you put into it, the more you will get out of it. The more you invest, 
the closer you will grow. Thanks for joining us today and listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship here at The Ridge. If you would like to dig a little deeper into what we've been talking about today, uh, be sure to check out Beyond the Sermon. This is a weekly devotional that goes out after second service on Sunday. There you'll find the scripture that we've been looking at, some questions for you to, to dive into. But then there's also a discussion uh, that I have with whoever is teaching that Sunday, and we just dive deeper into different themes and topics from the sermon. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. And also, 